0: Hey, you know it's taz and moose you know it's taz and moose ah
1: hey. uh, yes coming to you live from the uh rocket mortgage by quick and loan studios who understands that it's not just a mortgage it's your mortgage that's the difference rocket mortgage push button get mortgage you've got mike pete across the way on the side Mortgage in for taz here on this friday morning um as he is the day off hopefully he'll be back with us on monday morning As we take you for another hour right up until 9 a.m. Eastern Time, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. About 20 minutes from now, we're going to chat with Tommy Bowden, former Clemson head coach, ACC network analyst. We'll talk a little college football with him. Get his thoughts, even though he doesn't do it on a day-to-day basis, a little SEC, but we'll get his thoughts on... Alabama and LSU, the big matchup on Saturday down in Tuscaloosa. With that being said, here you go, the three.
0: It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. The Raiders defeat the Chargers 26-24 on Thursday night football. Ah, oh, they
1: certainly do, and how about Gruden? Mayock and the Oakland Raiders in the black hole last night, which is night game at the black hole to me, money, bananas, however way you want it. It is the signage, the looks, the face paint, the dress, the attire. That I loved, I love the entire look of the Raider game out at Oakland. Now out at Oakland, mind you, for a, for a night game, I do. And then last night was was perfect in the Thursday night game.
2: I even think it's like uniquely dark there. Yes, the shadows. Like if the, the like, lighting's even bad. Yeah, well, but it works. It's bad or it's good or it's less than it's supposed to be or it's not pointed correctly at a football field. Is it a baseball stadium? I don't know what it is, but it just it looks almost like they're indoors, but they're not indoors. No, they're in an insane asylum in Oakland. They are, and the Oakland Raiders are able to
1: uh, get themselves now to, what, five and four on the year with the 26-24 victory last night over the Los Angeles Chargers. The missed extra point by Carlson late uh, led it to be a strange final or strange point total for the Oakland Raiders. The Chargers had an opportunity late to get themselves in a field goal range. Rovers throws his third pick of the evening. He really struggled, and the Chargers once again, how many times can we say this, massive disappointment. Uh, yeah, we say it, it, it. You look at the town level. They should be better than what their record is. They have had some dastardly losses. I mean, the Broncos. I mean, there have been games this year. And last night, there were a large stretches of that game where they dominated the ball. They at one point in time, they had a 16-play, 8-minute drive last night <laughs> in Oakland. I mean, they,
2: they, they, basically, they dominated the play in the first half. And still, at halftime, they were trailing. They are the biggest teases in the NFL. They just are. I mean, they, they know how to do it. It is an, an insanely frustrating talent that they can either start great and then fall apart or start poorly and then revive things and drag you back in. They do it every single year. They do it inside. They did it last night. They do it inside games. Down 10 nothing. up 14-10, trailed again, took a lead, four minutes left, gave up the go-ahead touchdown, had time to move back down the field, and the game ends with the Rivers pick, as you said, but... He almost threw two other picks on that last drive, and they got bailed out on a defensive hold on fourth down to extend the drive again. It's just that—that that was Chargers football in a nutshell last night.
1: Uh, it certainly was, and you know Gruden's enjoying himself. I mean, who wouldn't <laughs> enjoy himself as after getting a ten-year contract? But all those that said Gruden was lost after year one—look at the way that this team is playing. Mayock coming in as a talent evaluator, college draft expert for the NFL Network. You know, former player and the like steps in. A lot of those draft choices, Bogus, have been great. I mean, they've been on point. They've been absolutely fantastic. Uh, They really have been. They win it at the point of attack. They brought in some good free agents. You're not talking about Khalil Mack on a weekly basis anymore. That Raider team's fun to watch. They really are. They're a good team. They are a – they haven't done it with smoke and mirrors. They are a good football team. I'll tell you, they went into Lambeau Field. If if Carr doesn't fumble that ball out of the end zone late first half – that's anybody's game in the second half. That's where that game kind of got out of whack from a Raider perspective. They're sitting there at 5 and 4. They've had back-to-back great wins in the week in the span of 5 days, both at home, one against Detroit, one against their one of their big rivals in the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, it was it's been a fun year so far if you're a Raider fan.
2: They're they're pesky good and they're going to I think if they keep going in this direction, they're going to be dangerous when we get to January. Right now, they're in the first spot out of the playoffs. But if you're in line right now for a three or a four seed, which is right at the moment, the Texans and the Chiefs, I'd rather play Buffalo or Indy before I play Oakland. And I know and and I, and I know Buffalo's six and two and they've been impressive and they their defense travels. But I you know the Raiders, when you throw in what Carr can do in the air, uh and and Jacobs on the ground and that offensive line like that, that's a, they can win a game outside in the cold, bad weather. Maybe it's just recency bias and bias here, but they're they're going to be if they get in. I wouldn't want to face him in round one. Uh,
1: yeah, I I'd agree with you about Buffalo. I'm not so sure about the Colts if Brissett's healthy. But I mean, we're splitting hairs in terms of who's more dangerous come playoff time. It's also the opponent that you're going up against. Yeah, and it's also November eighth. No doubt about it. But um, you know. The fact remains is that the Raiders are a good football team and deserving of that five and four mark. And that was a fun Thursday night, entertaining Thursday night game last night.
0: Number two, Antonio Brown backtracks after blasting NFL. Yes, yeah, so Antonio
1: Brown had a uh, profanity-filled tweet early in the day on Thursday, and you know said he wants the league to clear his name, reiterated that he'll never play again. And then backtracked on that because initial. Because the
2: league treats black players poorly.
1: Correct. That was what that was what Antonio Brown tweeted out. And then later on in the day, um, you know. Maybe late, within like
2: two hours, right? Yeah, it was, pretty, he said, it was right, pretty quick. Basically,
1: right. Around 5 around o'clock Eastern time as you're getting sent to uh, have dinner. I'm just very frustrated right now with the false allegations and slander of my name. I love football. I miss it. I just want to play. I'm very emotional about that. I'm determined to make my way
2: back to the NFL, ASAP. I mean, it, uh, apologies are nice, but I've I've had enough of this guy. I, I really do. Uh, get this meeting over with as soon as possible, so he doesn't have that defense anymore, and you know he gets his due process in NFL circles, uh, and then suspend him. I don't know how you word it. I don't know what you're going to go with here, um, but I just the guy's a mess. He's oh, just a mess, and I don't. I'm not saying that to oversimplify things and what he may have done off the field with different women in different locations at different times. But this is also a guy that's throwing furniture off an apartment balcony and almost struck a little kid. He goes now twice. He's done this where he's gone on this. I hate the NFL. I'm never coming back. I'm going back to school. They're racist. They're two faced. And then within a day, at the worst, um, I, I was just I got really angry. I can't wait to play again. Yeah, it's like, time. I've for had, a, I've had a, enough.
1: I, I would never sign Antonio Brown. I could never trust him. He's been his own worst enemy. He's been an he's been a natural disaster. And you're right the 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 polar opposite takes within the span of you know a 120 to 180 minutes is is alarming. I get he's frustrated. He can't hop on Twitter and say the stuff that he's saying. And then, uh, and then try to walk it back as quickly as he did. As he's getting set to meet with the NFL investigators next week, he's looking for his name to be cleared. You know, that sexual assault or sexual harassment allegation against him. Um, you know, there is, uh, or I think it's sexual assault allegation against him. So, uh, it is, uh, for Antonio Brown, I, Seattle Seahawks did their due diligence on him. and decided to pass. Josh Gordon's now a member of the Seattle Seahawks. So, if the Seattle Seahawks aren't willing to bring in, tell me what team is? Who's bringing? Who's signing Antonio Brown? I mean, Brown and someone. Saying,
2: someone will. You think so? Yes.
1: Yeah. I which don't know. is the
2: the only thing that saves us if you don't want him in the NFL is the league saying he's suspended. Someone's gonna sign him.
1: Listen, I'm not. Fa- if someone wants to bring him aboard, that's fine. I'm not saying that he can't play in the league as long as his name is cleared, uh, you know, and didn't do anything that was, uh, you know, we'll see what, what happens with this investigation for the National Football League. But if he's cleared of all that, I don't mind Antonio Brown playing in the National Football League again. But I'll tell you, I don't know. I have a hard time thinking a team can trust him. know, they don't want distractions, they don't want headaches. He's not like he's 25 years of age any longer. We know how great he is as a player on the football field. He couldn't even last a couple weeks with it with the Patriots. Nope. Couldn't nope. even. I mean, and that's a scenario where they basically say cut off all contact to humankind <laughs> when you sign up and join our team. Yep. Get off social media. He couldn't, he couldn't even stay to those rules.
2: Tom Brady loving him in on in radio right. interviews stay at and my then, house. yeah, and then within what a couple of days he's out he's out the door. Right. I, I mean, he shouldn't. Teams shouldn't want him at least for the rest of this year. But teams want him, and if they can, they will side him. All right, next.
0: Number three. NBA finds Clippers 50,000 biggies. For Doc Rivers' comments on Kawhi Leonard's health. Here is uh, Doc. Uh,
1: Clippers in action last night. Uh, beat the Blazers 107-101. Kawhi played 18 points in the fourth quarter. He played reluctantly. Yes, he did play. He, didn't, he uh, shouldn't have played. That D is a real issue. Here is Doc getting asked about the find. You disappointed to be fined as the organizational Um I love getting fined. <laughs> Next is, uh, like, if you win a game, are you happy to win a game? Uh, you know, yeah, you're always disappointed.
0: You don't ever, you know, sometimes you agree with fine, sometimes you don't. It doesn't matter. You know, that's the one thing I've learned.
1: Well, and he got fined because of everything and uh, all the issues surrounding the Milwaukee Buck game the night before Wednesday night where uh, – where uh, where he sits when you look at uh, Kawhi Leonard. He sits in the game, and, and Doc Rivers before the game said, Kawhi feels great. And yeah. then the NBA, so <laughs> it feels great. Why is he sitting in the game? And then all, everything that came along with that being an ESPN game and filling it as Kawhi and Giannis and Giannis, and, and that's not the way that it played out in any way shape. And so Doc gets fine for that. Then the NBA comes out detailing the knee issue, that Kawhi Leonard has right now. And then Kawhi's bothered by the fact that the NBA detailed it. Well, we're here because of load management. We're here because resting. And Andrew and I had a really good discussion about um, you know, polar opposites in terms of how we look at the NBA player, the modern NBA player, and dealing with load management. You will say this, though. Uh, the NBA is just trying to clean up a mess right? Uh, that was created. Yes. And that's why they issued the statement that they did because they want everyone, to, they want to try and be as, as clear as possible about what Leonard's dealing with. And if he's got an issue with it, I don't care. I really don't. Because uh, it, it, Clippers are still going to arrest you. You could obviously, that he's healthy enough to drop 18 in the fourth quarter last night against Portland. That's fine if you want to deal, want to make sure that you're fresh come playoff time. But if you're going to do that, you're going to have to deal with the NBA then detailing what you're dealing with with that mean.
2: Yeah, and that to me, is that's the lead story of yesterday. The $50,000 fine is nothing. I mean, Doc Rivers has that. I, I don't know if the team can pay it instead of him. I don't know how they, they check on the accounting of that. The fine's not the point. The point is what the NBA wanted is there to be a name on this injury. They don't want load management being discussed anymore. They, with Kawhi Leonard... They wanted to attach some kind of diagnosis Correct. to this issue, so that's why they told us what's going on. And I'm, you know, I, I'm not. Kawhi can be angry, and I'm indifferent to that that emotion because who cares? Um, it's not. I'm maybe he even was okay with. I don't know. But the the point is now we have something to say about why Kawhi Leonard misses his next game. Nope, it's that patella tendon again. Not. Oh, it's load management again. It might be nothing. It's still nonsense. But there's a different word choice now out there, and that's what the NBA wanted. And,
1: and they and they got it, right? So the NBA wanted it. They got it, um, and they put it out there, and they want to try and end all the conversation and the discussion about it. I don't know if it's necessarily going to completely go away. Uh, I, I, I still think it's a problem for Adam Silver a little bit less now, though. Uh, with the adjustment of the schedule for the modern NBA player, so uh, maybe they could get a little bit more rest and, and less of these strenuous games in which you're playing multiple games in multiple days and and try to minimize that and give it a little bit more of uh, uh, lengthening out the schedule a little bit as well. So, uh, the NBA hopes they're done with the whole Kawhi Leonard load management Clippers scenario here moving forward, and Probably not going to be the case. It's probably going to rear its ugly head multiple times during the course of the year, but they handled it the way they handled it yesterday. So come back. We're going to talk a little college football. Tommy Bowden is going to join Andrew and myself, ACC Network Analyst. We remember Clemson, former Clemson football coach as well. It's Taz and the Moose with you. you got NFL picks coming your way later on. Bowami, I think, is going to make his appearance. you got your Ask the Pros question of the day. Remember, hop online. Ask it, but WAMI will provide an answer that comes your way later. Taz Booth, CBS Sports Radio.
0: It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Sunday, the NFL
1: on CBS features the Chiefs taking on the Titans or an NFC encounter between the Lions and the Bears, all beginning with J.B. and the guys in the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific only. On CBS, Tommy Bowden Bowden. will join Andrew and myself here momentarily. Bogus has got an update for you this morning and everything that's going on. What's up, Andrew?
2: Moves back and forth they went on Thursday night football in Oakland. The Raiders jumped to a 10-0 lead on the Chargers. They took their last lead on an Austin Eckler TD catch with four minutes to go. But here came Oakland one more time. The Chargers show a nine-man front against this set. The hand, big hole, first down,
0: end zone, touchdown, Jacobs, touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it?
2: Brent Musburger, Raiders radio. That came with one oh two to go. Daniel Carson though missed the ensuing extra point, so the Chargers could have driven for the winning field goal, not the tying one. But Philip Rivers heaved his third pick of the night. The Raiders escaped 26-24. Oakland remains firmly in the playoff chase, but the Bolts are now four and six, which may require winning the rest of the way. The NBA is still okay that Kawhi Leonard didn't play two nights ago against the Bucks. But thought Doc Rivers discussed the situation poorly, so the Clippers hit with a fifty thousand dollar fine yesterday. Leonard wasn't happy post game that the NBA revealed the exact knee issue he's apparently dealing with. He did play against the Blazers, but it was Lou Williams with the biggest shot for the Clips. It's important to win. You heard the president. That's a lie. That's the wrong cut. You would have heard Noah well Eagle done. on Clippers Radio. Twenty six points for Williams, twenty seven for Kawhi in the one hundred seven one hundred one decision over the Blazers. Miami won in Phoenix one twenty four one. The Spurs outscore the Thunder 121-112, and Boston won in Charlotte 108-87. Now to the clip that you just heard for a second. That was new right. USCAD Mike Bone introduced yesterday. Of course. His first order of business is deciding the fate of football coach Clay Helton. It's important to win. You heard the president talking about winning, and uh, I'm not trying to add more pressure to him or, or the student-athletes that represent him, but... We always want to finish strong. Good programs finish strong. You always want to have a clean feed too from the podium introducing your name. Yeah, very new very. Evening. Yeah. So there is that as well. Yeah,
1: that was that was not a good feed and I would not think that you feel all that good if you're Clay Helton
2: right now. No, not even a little bit. Uh, as expected, Tiger Woods using one of his four captain's picks on himself, he is also adding Tony Finau, Gary Woodland and Patrick Reed to the President's Cup squad that plays the international team next month in Australia, and it certainly looked like Pete's Islanders would extend their winning streak to 11 last night up 3 nothing on the Penguins through two periods, but Pittsburgh rallies a 4-3 stunner in overtime. Moose? All
1: right, let's welcome aboard right now uh, Tommy Bowden, uh, ACC Network analyst, former head coach, running that Clemson program. Hey, Coach, Andrew Bogish, Mark Malusis, thank you for a couple minutes this morning. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it. Good Friday, and uh, we got a great weekend of college football ahead of us. We really do. Let, let's start here, though, Coach. I'm curious. Did did you have an issue at all with Clemson? And we know there's a lot of ways to a, a lot of a season left to go. But did you have an issue with Clemson sit at five in the initial college football playoff ranking system?
3: Uh, you know, not not really. Based on strength of schedule and performance this year. I think they're where they need to be. They've gotten better, but they did have the early win, which Ohio State has not, and uh, uh, Alabama has not. So, uh, yeah, of course, LSU by strength of schedule, and, and Penn State, their schedule is so, uh, a little bit tougher. So, no, I had no problem right now with where they are.
1: Why do you think Lawrence has struggled as I mean, last year, and certainly is going to be when he comes out in a in a year, a year from now, into the NFL, he's going to be the number one quarterback taken. And a lot of people think he's the, the best quarterback prospect that college football has seen in, like, 20 years. Uh, why do you think Lawrence has struggled and, and has not dominated with the way that many people thought he was going to dominate this year, Coach?
0: Well,
3: I think a lot of it was self-imposed pressure. Uh, he had so much success as a true freshman. Then his performance in the national championship game and what they did offensively versus Alabama. The expectations were so high. You know, I even thought he's coming into the season as the preseason favorite for the Heisman. And I think expectations were so high, it's hard to remain execution at the level that he had, especially how he finished versus Alabama. And he threw some interceptions, and all of a sudden, a little negative publicity. Pressure builds on him, but it looks like he's settled back into the guy he was last year.
2: Coach, let me go back to the Clemson college football playoff rankings question. Do, does Clemson care that Clemson's number five, or do they actually kind of like the added motivation of being out of the top four to start?
3: No, I, I think one of those, I think all head coaches, the ones that are really successful, are great motivators. He's a great motivator, and, and it's not like his team needed it. But man, what a great tool they need down the stretch to to go to his team and say, "Hey, again, us against the world. We don't get any respect." And plus, you got to remember, Dabo was a walk-on. walk was – I was a walk-on. They they played with an edge. He has never been a coordinator. He tried to get coordinators when he, when he was with me. So he coaches with an edge. And now again, no respect. Oh, it, it's it's. I feel sorry for NC State this week.
1: You know, you, you factor. Yeah, exactly right. You factor everything in here, Coach. Up until this stage, I know you're. You know, you you follow the ACC network, but you, you're on the ACC network, but. Uh, you follow all college football. Who do you think the best team in the country is right now?
3: Oh, I, I think I I think it's LSU and Ohio State right now, based on who they played, based on strength of schedule, how they played, margin of victory. Uh, as as Urban Meyer said, you know it's it's who have you beaten, and I've always most head coaches. That's if they were on the committee, that's would be their number one priority. Hey, who have you beaten them, and margin of victory, how bad have you beat them? So based on that, uh, yes, I think LSU and Ohio State are the best. I would about have to bracket them. If you made me pick one, I'd I'd probably pick LSU over Ohio State if I were picking.
2: Uh, Let's stay with those Tigers and obviously the huge game with Alabama on Saturday. It certainly seems, Tommy, that two is going to play, but I can't imagine he's 100%. Where do you think his game needs to be, 65%, 80%, for them to actually win this game against LSU on Saturday or tomorrow already? Wow.
3: Yeah, I I think he'll be be honest with you, I think he'll be close to Dylan. You know, for a long thirty-two years of coaching, twelve as a head coach, having quarterbacks and, or I should say, skilled athletes go through a half high ankle ankle strain. Uh, I think he'll be close to hundred percent. I think at least ninety percent, and I think that's good enough and high enough percentage for him to be effective versus LSU. He's going to have to be. I don't. I don't think there are other guys that could beat LSU, but I think him at ninety percent can because right now. Yeah, you know, he was on. He might be the Heisman Trophy favorite. Uh, he was surely was going to the injury. So, uh, so at ninety percent, I think he's adequate uh, to to beat LSU in in Tuscaloosa.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are giving Joe Burrow, the, the LSU quarterback, a lot of love for the being the Heisman Trophy favorite right now. The thirty touchdowns, the four interceptions. What's impressed you by the LSU quarter with the play of the LSU quarterback, Coach?
3: Well, a couple things. You no, know, uh, close to eighty percent unheard of, so his accuracy. Uh, th- that includes runnable balls. You've got good skill. Don't throw it where they got to dive on the ground, jump up, and fall down. Throw it where they can run and make plays. He does that. Throws under pressure. Throws under pressure. They've played a tremendous schedule. He's he's received more defensive pressure than any quarterback this year. And and to be close to 80% with that kind of pressure, uh, then the management skills, knowing the offense, things like that, but that would be the most impressive me. Accuracy under pressure against the people he's played.
2: Isn't it amazing it took LSU this long to, to find a guy that can play the position that well?
3: Well, you know, it cost the first guy's job. Les Miles wouldn't do it. Ed Orgeron wouldn't do it for the first few years. And finally he said, hey, I, I like it here. Let me do what Nick Saban is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and other people throwing the football. If he's going to cost me my job, then I, but let me try to see if I can imitate him. And they, finally they made a decision. They hired a guy that they felt comfortable with to give him the reins. And, uh, yeah, he made a wise decision. But I'm it, uh, surprised it took him this long. <laughs> That's why maybe Nick Saban's still at Alabama. He learned he a little quicker.
1: You know, Tommy, getting a sense here, just by the you know initial conversation on the game, Tua plays, he's at 90%. You think? Do you think Alabama wins that game at home against LSU tomorrow afternoon if Tua isn't at 90% playing?
3: Yeah, I really do. With, with the week off and preparation, uh, both coaches are great, obviously, preparing with open week. I think Nick Saban, a little bit in his favor because of his background, the pros, and the ability to analyze film in a short amount of time. I think that's an advantage for a college coaches, coaching the, in the pros. And then, uh, so I, I just like the home environment, with the extra week off, and I, I think it'll be a, a well uh, played game, back and forth, lead changes, but I think Alabama comes out on top at the end.
2: Tommy, how would you handle a game of this significance as a head coach of, of either one of these schools? Do you, c- can you make it feel like just a regular game, or do you have to kind of own the magnitude to have your guys ready for, 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 for kickoff?
3: Well, you, tr- you have to try to as a head coach. You know you can't because of what they're reading, what they're hearing in class, what their family and friends and relatives will tell them on the phone when they call home, you know, social media. No, that, that it, it won't be a normal game, and the players will know it's not a normal game. Uh, yes, Nick Saban's going to say, "Hey, it's only one. We got another one next week. Play them one at a time." You know all the all all the things that coaches say, but. The the players will know. LSU's and Alabama's is, is it's bigger than life uh, this year this week.
1: You know, do you marvel you know, wanna get your thoughts on on two other undefeated teams that are battling it out on, on Saturday and that's an up in Minnesota. It's an early game tomorrow, noon kickoff Eastern time, and the Golden Gophers entertaining Penn State. How about the job that PJ Fleck has done? With that golden Gopher program here I mean the the you know the eight no start is historic uh, for success for that program and now Penn State comes to town but really kind of being the program builder and what he's been able to accomplish early on in his run up there in Minnesota coach
3: well you know first of all it's it's gotten what coaches like him uh deserve and, and but again what their agent smart I'm sure their agent called uh, a couple of days a couple of weeks ago and said hey Florida State is opening. They have called me. What do you want me to tell P.J.? And all of a sudden, seven-year contract and, and more <laughs> money. So he was, he was the first of the guys to, to reap the benefits of Willie Tiger's departure. But uh, he, he deserves it. And when you put yourself in a position, a place like Minnesota, win like he does, these things happen. You either go to another place and make a lot of money, or you can make a lot of money where you're at. And, uh, but you have to do a good job and get their attention. And that's, that's what he's done. He did it at, a, at the Mac school, and now he's done it at a Big Ten school. And he's either going to do it at Minnesota, continually do it because he likes it, or he's going to end up in the SEC or at a Penn State, Michigan, or a little bit bigger Big Ten school with a more tradition and history and money.
2: Well, you brought up Florida State first. Uh, what's the, maybe not a specific name, but the profile of a coach that makes sense to you taking over the Noles?
3: Well, the athletic director, you know, he's kind of new in his position. You can tell because he says, hey, we want, a, we want a, a coach who can win a national championship. Well, yeah, that means you probably need to get one that's either played in a, in a playoff game or it's won a national championship. And I'm sure initially when that job came open, he says, oh, yeah, listen, DJ AJ, AJ Flex agent called, and I'm just giving you a situation that probably happened and said that he would be interested and all of a sudden, uh, they fire Willie Taggart. They're gonna have this great A list of coaches. They say, "Wait a minute, they're they're not coming." <laughs> so, I think when he made the statement that, "Hey, we want a coach who can win a national championship," he's gonna see that he's gonna be to his B list pretty soon. The Bob Stoops, uh, P.J. Flex, and, and and maybe Matt Campbell Iowa would State. Those guys are not gonna be as interested as their agents said they were before they. Got.
1: You know, Coach, is the Florida State job as attractive as many believe that it is or no?
3: Oh, yes, yes, uh, because of location. The talent in the state of Florida is unbelievable, and uh, they've, had, they, they've proven they've done it. They've, done, they've achieved a high-level success over a long period of time. There's got to be some intangibles that you have that make you capable of doing that. I know my father was a big part of it, but Jimbo said, hey, I can go in there and do the same thing. So if you get the right guy, it is is a great job. They've got the second-best talent in the ACC right now behind Clemson. Everybody's behind Clemson, but it's surely enough to go in there if it's the right guy and have immediate success and get that recruiting going the back like uh, it has in the past you know and and listen
1: he's getting a lot of money after he after he got fired but what about Willie Taggart and those you know and and you know that program you know the ACC very very well what about only having 21 games to kind of you know mold that program in his like do you think that was enough time for Willie Taggart
3: I think there were some signs that indicated uh that uh, it was not it was not going to head in that direction uh, the Bowden family are really fond of, of Willie Taggart because of the way he treated my father and tried to bring him back in the fold. Went over to the house more than once, trying to get him out to practice. But uh, at Oregon, number one penalized team in the nation. He was there and go to Ohio, Florida State. Your first year, you're the number one penalized team in the nation. Miami game, you have a bunch of penalties. Uh, last year, the tackle for losses, they led the nation. This year, I think they're leading the nation or close to it, and tackle for losses allowed. That's got nothing to do with culture. It's got nothing to do with how Jimbo left. It. It's got nothing to do with talent level. That's putting a hat on a hat, assignment-wise, at the offensive line and getting Cam Akers, a great back, to the line of scrimmage. That penalties followed him. That wasn't good. And then, uh, and then the tackle for losses and, and performance on defense. So, and losing to teams where you had better talent. Things were not looking good, unfortunately, after a year and a half. And. Uh, I think I, I, I thought it might have been done at the end of the season. I didn't think they would do it
1: now. Tommy, I want to ask you one more on on a coaching search, and and that is in in the Big Ten, and that's Rutgers, who are you know had an interview with a, a former Scarlet Knight head coach, Greg Schiano, earlier in the week. Now, when when Sciano was there, they were in obviously a, two different conferences. Now they're in the Big Ten. We know they've struggled mightily in the Big Ten conference. You know, you think that's – and we know the success he had there at Rutgers. What about going back to a guy that's already been there? Do you do you like that idea
3: of a program? Sometimes. Uh, call Connecticut and Randy Edson and see how that's working out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I that's a good I point. I don't think it's, it's going good. Sometimes it does, uh, more so than not. Now, Matt Brown, uh, the jury's still out, but, you know, the immediate success that he's had, he's called enthusiasm. I think that's a little bit more doable situation and, and uh, with better uh, foundation than what Rutgers has as far as what North Carolina has in the ACC. So with Matt Brown, I think it's going to work out. Randy Essel, it doesn't look like it is. So I think you flip a coin on a situation like this. But Greg Schiano is, is, is a really good coach, and he's done it there. He knows what it takes. But, again, uh, they've got, they're fighting teams with a bigger stick. They're in the Big Ten now as opposed to what he was facing when he was there.
1: Tommy Bowden, ACC Network analyst, former head coach of college football. Hey, Tommy, thank you for the time this morning. Have yourself a wonderful Friday. Enjoy all the action tomorrow, all right?
3: Hey, hey, November 8th, Bobby Bowden's 90th birthday today. I'm headed over to Tallahassee to eat oatmeal with him. There you go. How's Dad doing? Oh, health is good. Mine's good. Uh, I'll go over this weekend and watch him. Sleep through
1: a whole day of games. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line. Well, uh, send him our best and happy birthday to your dad, 90 years young. That's fantastic. Hey, have a good weekend. Thanks. You got it. Uh, thank you, Coach. Uh, that's awesome. That is great. And his dad. 90. Old. I mean, 90 years old. And uh, as we were talking to Tommy about news came out. Uh, Bogus picked the uh, Terrapins plus 43 and a half. Chase Young. by the second. Yeah, Chase Young will not be playing this weekend for Ohio State. Uh, as there might be an NCAA violation dating back to 2018, so he will not be playing against Maryland uh, tomorrow.
2: No, uh, certainly not ideal for the Buckeyes. This is arguably the best player in college football. Yes, um, I mean if, if you, you haven't, is. if if you haven't just seen him stand next to other college football players, He's you've missed out. Um, so does it matter tomorrow against Maryland? Only if you're taking the Terps and the points. It matters once we get past Maryland um, with. Penn State and Michigan and national semifinals and national title games looming for the Buckeyes. Obviously, the universe for them changes if Young can't play again this year. It's a Friday
1: morning. You know where you're at. Taz and the Moose, Bogus in for Taz. we got NFL picks and the great Bawami coming your way next right here. CBS Sports Radio.
0: It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It is Taz and the Moose with you here on this Friday morning
1: on CBS Sports Radio. Time right now to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day. Brought to you by O'Reilly Auto parts. Today's question is from Sam in Raleigh. Just out, found out that Bawami is answering the Ask the Pros question of the day. Super pumped up about that. You should be. So, Bawami always wanted to know... Could you play in any era of the NBA?
0: The great Bawami could have played in any era, any style,
3: any difficulty, from the 1912s to now. Thank you for that question, but as you must.
2: There you go. So the answer from Bowami is yes. In any era Especially in particular the 1912s which as we know were the heyday of the nba <laughs> the 1912s don't forget you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com
1: slash ask the pros think o'reilly auto parts for all your car care needs get guaranteed low prices excellent customer service at o'reilly auto parts better parts better prices every single day uh mike good job tracking down bowabi uh for him playing a role ask the pros i know he uh you know, asking for a little bit of an addition this week to his uh, to his schedule it was a
2: lot, right? Yes, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Mike, do we think Bowami was still up from Thursday, or was he awake starting his Friday when you finally reached him? He was starting his Friday, absolutely. Bowami okay. uh, and Pete would know better than I would about this, but I think Bowami sleeps during the day and is up at night. He's oh, nocturnal. Yes. Okay. That I think Buami's always awake, uh, from what i oh, heard. Oh, maybe
1: I'm wrong. Oh, oh really? Always awake. <laughs> oh, oh, he never uh, sleeps.
0: He still sleeps.
2: He too. manages he sleeps with,
1: with his eyes wide open. Is that? Sleeps with his eyes open. Oh,
0: yes. Eyes Ugh.
1: open. There you go. Nice. Very good. Well, Buami, I mean, hell of a question from Sam down in Raleigh. Uh, tremendous answer by Bawami, and what you would expect. Bawami is a very, very confident individual mm. and believes that his talents could translate in any era, including the 1912s in the <laughs> NBA. Yeah.
2: The 1912s to the nows.
1: Yes. And anywheres in between. Correct. Bawami. That's it. That's exactly right. Here you go some NFL
0: picks. The Taz and Moose picks are for fun only. This is not for gambling purposes, just some chuckles and a good time. Enjoy the Taz and Moose picks now. Listen irresponsibly. <laughs> It's now time for the Taz and Moose NFL Picks. The three picks you need to know.
1: All righty. Um, so a week ago, Taz went 2-1. So he's still hot as a firecracker. 19-8 on the year. I bounced back. 3-0 last week. Nice. 11-16 on the season. Bowami is still perfect on the year. As you would expect. Undefeated. It's amazing what Bowami can do in terms of an analyst. In the era of gambling, is an uptick around the country. Bowami is just ahead of the game. It's remarkable, is it not? <laughs> Promo code Bowami. That's. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will begin. All right. Pick number one for me. Um, we are gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go to the Monday Night Affair. I'm going to take the Seahawks. I'm going to take the six points on the road in San Francisco against the 49ers. And I'll tell you why. Anytime I can get Wilson plus points on the road against the 49ers, you've seen this Seahawk team be able to adjust and adapt. I don't think the rush is going to be as great against Wilson because of his escapability. That offense has gotten more dynamic for the Seahawks as we've gone around here. It's an amazing Monday night game. It really is, to the point where you could actually deal with Booker McFarland on the as an analyst. but um, it, it, Because you're <laughs> so locked into the Booger game. Shot. Yeah, unnecessary. You're right about that. But I'll take the Seahawks plus six. That's game number one for me. All right, Mike, what's Taz got game one? So first game, he likes the Green
2: Bay Packers. Uh, going up against the Panthers, Packers minus five for Taz. All right. Bogus, what do you got? You know, that's interesting. I had the Packers minus six and a half. Either way, I like them against the Panthers as Taz does. I got in five this and game. a half. Okay. We're all over the place. All
1: right. So you got, you, you like the Packers minus five and a half. You get
2: whatever the number is. I like the Packers. All right. So
1: there you have it. All right. Pick number two for me. Um, I'm going to take the Lions on the road in Chicago against the Bears laying two and a half. Now, you've heard me moan and groan about the Lions. They're better than a 3-4-1 team. They certainly are. And they had a tough loss last week, absolutely, on the road in Oakland against the Raiders. They now go on the road in Chicago against the Bears. And Trubisky should be okay offensively against the Lions. Lions' defense isn't particularly good. But I do think the Lions are going to be able to put up some points. I do. I know how good that Bears' defense is. I think they win this game by a field goal. So I'm going to take the Lions. I'm going to take the two and a half points on the road in Chicago. That's game number two for me. What do you got, Mike?
0: All right, so for Taz, game number two. He likes
2: Arizona plus four and a half. Arizona on the road versus Tampa. So Cardinals plus four and a half. Andrew? Interesting choice from Taz. I'm going to go with the Rams, Moose. I have him at minus three and a half in Pittsburgh on Sunday. Uh, We gave Mike Tomlin some deserved love earlier in the show, but I like the Rams on the road uh, to score some points on this Pittsburgh team and the Steelers not to score points with their backup QB still in the field, still out there, obviously no Ben Rutherford all year long. So give me the Rams minus three and a half against the Steelers.
1: Rams minus three and a half against the Steelers. That's game number two for you. All right, game number three for me. I'm going to take the Browns laying three at home against the Buffalo Bills and I'll tell you why because sometimes you look at a spread and you say, well, why are the Browns a three point favorite at home against Buffalo? Buffalo's six and two. The Browns are two and six. The Browns are riddled with distractions and conversation and Odell and Mayfield and Kitchens and the way the guys are being used. The reason why is I, I do think the Browns can match up against Buffalo. You saw Adrian Peterson, the Redskins last week against the Bills, have some success. Um, have some success against them running the football. And I think the Bill, I think the Browns are going to be able to run it on Buffalo. I do. I, you know, Allen on that Bills offense, not exactly dynamic either. Oh, for some reason, I think the Browns are going to get their third win of the year. I think they're going to drop Buffalo to six and three. I'm going to take Cleveland. I'm going to lay the field goal at home against the Bills. That's pick number three for me.
2: Final Mike? pick. Final pick for Taz. He likes Baltimore minus 10 versus the Bengals. Baltimore on the road. Again, the Ravens minus 10. Ravens minus 10. All right, Andrew. I thought long and hard about Browns-Bills for similar reasons to you, but I just I can't trust the Browns like you're going to trust them to make any pick in either direction in that one. So okay. I went... To uh, the AFC South. I've got the Saints laying 13.5 in Atlanta. The Falcons are done. They're dead. They're done. Matt Ryan, if he plays, not healthy. The Saints have Drew Brees. Alvin Kamara comes back. They're coming off their bye. I'll lay those almost to that two touchdown edge and take the Saints to win on Sunday in Atlanta.
1: All right. So you're taking the Saints laying the 13.5. That's a big spread. It's gone up as the season's got, as the week has got along. So you're like New Orleans laying the 13.5. All right. So. Uh, to recap here, Mike, Taz's three selections are? So we've got the Packers minus 5.5, the Cardinals plus
2: 4.5, and, and the Ravens minus 10. All right, uh, and your three picks, Bogish, are? What did I just have? The Saints minus 13.5, Green Bay minus something in the neighborhood of 5.5. There was some debate on that, and the Rams minus 3.5 in Pittsburgh.
1: All right, I'm taking the Seahawks in the Monday night game on the road in San Francisco against the 49ers. The line there is six. I'm taking those six points, and I'm taking Seahawks. That's pick number one for me. Pick number two for me. I'm taking the Browns, laying the three at home against the Buffalo Bills. And I'm going to take the two and a half with the Detroit Lions on the road in Chicago against Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. There are your nine picks. Oh, Bawami again. Wait, what? Double duty. (sighs) We wait anticipation. Did he fall asleep again?
2: Individuals,
3: and special greetings to Taz. It is I, the Great for The Detroit Lions. Plus two and a half in Chicago.
0: The Great Bawami has no idea how this is even possible. The Bears don't have a quarterback. Lions. Plus two and a half. As you must. There you go. I like that.
1: Uh, Me and Buwami were sharing a brain this week. We both like the Lions plus the two and a half points on the road in Chicago, and he's dead on correct. I mean, Buwami, the one thing is he's a hell of an analyst. He's Mm. right about that. The Bears do not have a quarterback. Trubisky's terrible. Turn off the TVs at the Hallis Center and everything like that. Doesn't want to hear the criticism any longer. I mean, he's been downright brutal.
2: Brutal this year. He deserves all. I mean, everything that's been said about him is basically all valid. No doubt. So if you want us to be quiet, Make us be quiet. Yes. But, Mando, I hope you mush the Buwami this weekend. Why? He's yeah. rolling. and Now he's got you with company on this game. I was 3 last week. Hold Still. on a second
1: now. I'm hot as a firecracker. One week. you got to make I, it two in a row. I'm
2: not criticizing. I've got to gotta get to myself
1: to 6-0 in yeah, the last couple weeks. I'm not
2: I'm not critiquing your overall skills. Well, my record's but been if, terrible. You can criticize that all you want. But if you somehow knock the Buwami off this hot streak, I don't want to be here for that. Well, would it be Buwami knocking
1: me or Buwami? No, no, I no, mean, no. I had
2: no idea where Buwami was
1: going with his selection. You should have. Oh, I should have. Thank yeah. You. She's no, unpredictable. She's of- <laughs> working for CBS HQ now. Uh, remember, download that podcast each and every day radio.com, Apple Podcast and uh, and Stitcher, and that'll do it for us. Uh, our thanks to uh, Mike and Pete across the way. Andrew, great job, brother. Thank you, Moose. Uh, Tommy Bowden for joining us earlier on the program. You guys on the phones and on social media, we thank you for all the love and the support. Uh, Tash should be back with us on Monday morning. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. till Monday, everybody. Peace. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here.